Lecture topic. Explanation of Tasawuf in Bahiyat. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Wa kafaa wa salatu wa salamu ala ibadihi al-lazeen astafaa. Amma ba'du fa'audhu billahi minash shaytanir rajim. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. قد أفلح من زكاها وقد خاب من دساها وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ألا إن في الجسد لمضغة إذا صلحت صلح الجسد كله وإذا فسدت فسد الجسد كله ألا وهي القلب أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم First and foremost, let us make the net which we should have in our hearts for our presence here. The Quran Sharif Allah Ta'ala says, Ya ayyuhal ladheena amanu attaqullah wa kunu ma'as sadiqeen. That all you believe, fear Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala, the prescription of acquiring this taqwa is, kunu ma'as sadiqeen. Be with the righteous, truthful servants of Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala. So we haven't come here to listen to any bayan primarily. Primarily we have come to be in the company of the Ahlullah. Alhamdulillah, Hazrat Mawlana, our beloved Ustad, Hazrat Mawlana Shah, Abdul Hamid Saab, Naan Barakatum Al-Aliyah, May Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala bless us with the benefit of Hazrat's presence and grant Hazrat a long life with sihat and afiyat. So let us make that niyad that we have come to be in his company and more than what we might hear, inshallah we'll benefit from even Hazrat's silence. And together with that all the various other, alhamdulillah, ulama ikram, and the pious servants of Allah Ta'ala that are present. So this niyat of the sohbat of the Ahlullah we will make, inshallah we will derive the benefit of it. On the instructions of Hazrat, some muzakara, some little revision, of what this effort is all about. Alhamdulillah, we are now accustomed to hearing the word Islah, to hearing the word Tazkiyah, to hearing the word Tasawuf. Perhaps 15-20 years ago, these things were not so easily understood. But having heard this much more now, being perhaps ourselves linked up to some of the mashayikh. Yet sometimes we find that what is the real essence of this? What is the spirit of this? What is the main object of it? Sometimes this still seems to elude us. And in this little time that we have, inshallah in the light of the lives of the Akabirin. Just some little insight, some little idea of what is the reality of this Tasawuf all about. Once one Alim who was very senior, but was not very much inclined towards Tasawuf, but he was very more involved in the political line. He once came to Hazrat Shaykh al-Hadith, he was en route, and he stopped for a short while and he came and met him and he said, I've got a question to ask. 
But I will ask the question now, and I'm on my way. When I return, then you can think about the answer carefully. And then you can reply to me when I return. Because I got to catch a train now. And then he asked his question. The question he asked was, Yet the sawwuf kya bala hai? What bala is this the sawwuf? What musibat is this? And he had many, many objections. He had many misgivings, many doubts. And therefore he presented the question in this manner. So he thought that there's going to be a very empty debate. Hazrat will give some reply and he will counter it with something. And then on that Hazrat will perhaps say something and this will go on for hours maybe. So therefore he said, look, I'm in a hurry now. I got to catch a train. And when I come back, then I'll get, discuss the answer from, with you. So before he could move from there, Hazrat said, no need to come back for the answer. The answer is available for you right now. This the sawwuf starts off with inna mal a'malu bin niyat. That it starts off with tasheeh niyat, that bringing complete ikhlas in everything that a person does. And its end point is an ta'bud Allah ka anna ka tarah, fa illam takun tarahu fa innahu yarak. The maqam ihsan that a person worships Allah tabarak wa taala in such a way as if he can see Allah taala. And if a person now wonders, how am I going to do this? I can't see Allah Ta'ala. So how am I going to bring myself to this reality? So Nabi Islam says, فَإِلَّمْ تَكُنْ تَرَافُ Verily, if you cannot see Allah Ta'ala, certainly Allah Ta'ala is seeing you. So this consciousness needs to be developed in the heart, that a person 24 hours of his life, he is with this consciousness. This is the end point of the sawuf. It starts off with tasih and niyat. And when a person has attained this maqam, when he had attained this consciousness, now he's attained that nisbat. And then there's no limit to how much he can progress in that. So this person was dumbstruck. And is this the sawuf all about? He said, yes, everything else in between is to acquire this. Whatever else is done, everything is aimed at achieving this. To bring ikhlas in our lives and to bring this maqam ihsan. That then a person is conscious of Allah Ta'ala all the time, whether he's at home, whether he's in his business, whether he's on the street, wherever he is. Like the beautiful couplet of our Hazrat Wala Hazrat Arif Billah Hazrat Mawashaki Mawadakhtad Sabdan Barakatuhumul Aliya, where he says, Jo karta hai tu chupke ahle jaha se, koi dekta hai tu je asma se. Whatever you are doing secretly, hiding from people, you feel nobody is watching. You feel I got away with it. I close the doors and I close the curtains. I even switch the light off too. But somebody is watching from above. When this consciousness develops in the heart, then everything is acquired. Now a person's eyes are in control because when he's looking somewhere, wherever he's looking, he knows Allah is watching where he's looking. His tongue is in control because before he utters the word, Allah is all knowing, Allah Ta'ala knows what He's saying, Allah Ta'ala knows what He's thinking. Allah Ta'ala knows the deception of the eye and what the heart is concealing. So when this reality comes in the heart, then everything is achieved. Then when this reality comes in the heart that Allah is watching, Allah is aware, Allah Ta'ala knows what I'm thinking, Allah Ta'ala knows what I'm planning. 
How is he going to premeditate some crime? How is he going to premeditate guna? He's insan, he can slip. But when the consciousness of Allah Ta'ala is there, now he will be all the time concerned how to please Allah Ta'ala. So in this one statement, Hazrat gave him the whole crux of the sabuf. It starts off with the siyaniyat, and it finishes off on this level of ihsan. But many a times, in this entire process, we sometimes restrict the aspect of tazkiyah, the aspect of islah, of tasawwuf, to certain aspects only. And certain things, we take it for granted, that this is something, well, it's part of my life. It doesn't really matter. Whereas, each aspect of our life is governed by this deen. And ikhlas, whether it's from ikhlas or whether it is up to ihsan, everything else in between, Allah, Nabi Wasallam has given us a complete guideline. And tasawwuf, as we've heard in the beautiful ash'ar that were rendered, that without ittiba'i sunnat of Rasulullah wasallam, there's no tasawwuf. Our akabirin, the tasawwuf they have presented is 100% ittiba'i sunnat. Oh, Hazrat Wala's beautiful couplet, Naqshe qadam nabi ke hai jannat ke raaste, Allah se milate hai sunnat ke raaste. Without ittiba'i sunnat, the person can't get anywhere. So ittiba'i sunnat is the way. Now, nevertheless, many a times we start selecting certain things and we feel that this is sufficient for me. Perhaps a person wasn't performing his salah completely before. Somebody was performing four salah. Somebody was performing three. So now the person is performing his five times salah. Alhamdulillah, subma alhamdulillah. One can never make enough shukr for this ni'mat of Allah Ta'ala. But that is one pillar of Islam. That is not the whole of deen yet. It is one pillar of Islam. Then that salah also, how are we performing it? Is the salah taking place with jama'ah? When the muazzin calls out, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, does everything stop? Does the rants and sense then take a back seat? And then is the heart... Does that person whose heart is attached to the masjid, who will get the shade of the arsh of Allah on the qiyamah, do we respond in that manner? So this is also part of that tasawwuf, to bring this reality of salah in our lives, to bring that salah with jama'ah in our lives, to bring that salah with that khushu and khuzu in our lives, to bring that kind of salah, sallu kama ra'aytumuni usalli. The Nabi Wasallam said to the Sahaba Ikram, perform salah the way you, saw, you see me performing salah. With that complete ittiba of Rasulullah Wasallam. Then together with the salah, all the other ahkam of deen. So this is also part of tasawwuf as well. Tasawwuf is deen. So this includes all the ibadat, whether it's our fasting, zakat. The zakat is discharged correctly. It's discharged to the correct recipients, those who are eligible. Then the fasting, hajj, hajj as far as it's being performed, it's done correctly. All this put together is one branch of deen. And tasawuf is to bring, brings the soul and the ruh in all this. This is one branch of deen. Before that is already our aqaid, our imaniyat. That is also one branch of deen. So this taskiyah requires that we have the correct aqaid. And we clean out, purify ourselves of any wrong beliefs. Then our 
ibadat is in order, tazkiyah requires that we clean out from our lives anything that is wrong in terms of our ibadat. Then this tazkiyah requires that our muamalat are in order. And a person without muamalat in order, then that tasawuf is not tasawuf yet. Then the tazkiyah is not tazkiyah yet. And if you look into the lives of our akabir, our ahlullah, that when he came to these aspects, muamalat, muasharat, akhlaq, Hazrat Tanwi rahmatullah alayhi, he used to say to people, buzruk banna ho, to kai aur chale jao. You know, become a buzruk, you know, make a lot of wazifas, etc. Zikr, this is part of, there's no, no day of a mu'min without zikr. A mu'min's life is zikr. But if somebody wants to restrict it to zikr, just he wants to make wazaif, and don't think that there's anything else in deen. He says, in that context he meant it. What is in the thing in the minds of people? That buzrugu is only restricted to this. He says, buzrug banna ho to kai aur chale jao. Insan banna ho to yahao. You know, become insan then come here. And insan, insan has the correct muamalat. He deals correctly with people. He has the correct muasharat. His social life. That is correct. He has the correct akhlaq, the character of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So a person who has the determination that he wants to make tazkiyah, he wants to purify himself, he wants to become successful. Allah tabarak wa ta'ala makes the clear announcement to the entire mankind that qad aflaha man zakkaha. Only that person is successful who has purified this nafs, purified himself from everything that is incorrect. In that is included the muamalat, the muasharat, the akhlaq. Now just to take some of these aspects, few of them, in the light of the lives of our kabir, from their incidents, the type of ikhlas they had, the type of tawazu they had, what kind of muamalat they had, what kind of muasharat they displayed, what was their akhlaq. Just so that we get some little glimpse of what this is all about. And what they understood it to be. We said, that as a Sheikh Ramadullah in that little answer he gave, that it all starts off with ikhlas. May Allah tabarak wa ta'ala bless us all with this wealth. Just to understand this from one or two incidents from the Akabir. Hazrat Shah Ismail Shaheed Rahmatullah he delivered a bayan, a waz in the Jama Masjid in Delhi. And there was a huge gathering, thousands of people. And he delivered this lengthy discourse. And as everything finished off and everybody now started leaving, and Hazrat is also now leaving, he's around leaving the masjid. One person is coming, huffing and panting. So Hazrat sees him and he says that, has the bayan finished? He doesn't even know who he's addressing. He had come from far, from some rural area, knowing the personality of Hazrat Shah Ismail Shaykh, what a great person he is, what a great personality he is. So he also intended to be part of the talk, to benefit from it. And when he came, by the time he came, he got delayed. So now he's asking, is the bayan finished? So people around said, yes, the bayan is finished. So he sighed out of regret. Inna lillah. I came from so far, but I missed the talk. So Hazrat overheard this. He said, you don't have to worry at all. He took him by the hand, 
took him back inside the masjid and he said, what difference it makes? You said, and I will repeat the bayan for you. And that entire bayan from beginning to end in the same manner that he addressed that entire gathering of thousands of people, he repeated that entire bayan for this one person. Now this emanates from that deep ikhlas that is deep down in the hearts of the Ahlullah. We can only talk about it. May Allah wa ta'ala give us some small little iota of it also. But this is that ikhlas that is tasawuf. We are, nothing happens overnight, but we need to know where our direction is. We need to have some target. Where are we supposed to be going to? Otherwise a person sometimes, if he felt little bit good in his salah, with the fazl of Allah wa ta'ala, or maybe one tear came out in his dua, he feels I've already reached some maqam. He feels I've already done. Now he starts walking on air. Whereas we are still far, far from the reality. Whatever Allah Ta'ala blesses, some little bit, that too is a great na'mat from Allah Ta'ala. That too is something we should make shukar on. That filthy people like us, Allah Ta'ala allowed us to even come into his home, come into his house. Allah Ta'ala allowed us to perform salah. Allah Ta'ala allowed us to raise our hands towards him. Allah Ta'ala allowed us to make some zikr of his. This too is Allah Ta'ala's gift. Otherwise, where we deserved anything. But we need to know where we're supposed to still go to. What is our direction? So this was that ikhlas that made him, it didn't make any difference whether there was one person in front, whether there was 10,000 people in front. He delivered that entire lecture in the same manner. So this is one little glimpse. They are the entire, the lives of the Sahaba from Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the lives of the Sahaba Ikram, the lives of our Kabir, the Ahlullah. What can we talk about and what do we know about? But just some little glimpses, some small little idea of what these people left for us, their legacy. So, this is one example. Then let's take the aspect of istiqamat. This is the biggest karamat. Many a times, if somebody shows some kind of supernatural feat, something that is out of the ordinary, then that is the certificate of wilayat now. In our minds, this person is really reached some maqam and some level. Whereas that is not necessarily the case. Sometimes something supernatural can be done by a person who is not even a, a wali of Allah Ta'ala, somebody who is a fasik. By some exercises, these things are possible. The wilayat is dependent on istiqamat, on ittiba'i sunnat. One person who was in the company of the Junaid Baghdadi for 10 long years. And after 10 years, one day suddenly out of the blue, he says, I'm going. He says, you're going suddenly? What happened? He says, 10 years I'm here, I didn't see one karamat. He says, well, now that you have revealed what your reason for going is, now it doesn't give any real grief that you're going also. But nevertheless, before you go, one question, that in these 10 years, have you seen me doing anything against the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa So he said, no, in this 10 years that I was here, that definitely, I didn't see one amal that you performed against the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa So Junaid Baghdadi, rahmatullahi takes a deep sigh, and he says, what greater karamat you're looking for? The 10 years a person didn't do one thing against the sunnah of Nabi sallallahu alayhi that is al-istiqamatu fawqa alfi karamatin, that is greater than a thousand karamats. So istiqamat, just to get an idea of what this istiqamat is. There are 
The lives of our Kabir, of Ahlullah, is filled with this. Hazrat Sheikhul Hind, Mawla Mahmoud Hassan Diobandi, Rahmatullahi, all the ulama of the world that are linked to Darlun Dioban, everybody's sanad finally reaches to him. He was prison, imprisoned by the English in the prison of Malta. Now in the prison, the conditions for Juma Salah don't exist. So it's not valid to perform Juma Salah because there are conditions for the validity of Juma. So when the day of Juma would come, it is obvious there's no Juma possible. But it is the day of Juma, and there are many, many sunnats of Juma that apply to take a ghusl on the day of Juma, put on one skin, clean clothes, take ghusl, put on clean clothes, apply ithar, etc. So Hazrat would, the day of Juma comes, he would take this ghusl, apply ithar, put on his good clothes, apply ithar, etc., miswak, all the sunnats of Juma he will fulfill. And then the aspect of Sa'il al-Jumu'ah When you hear the Azan of Jumu'ah Then hasten towards the Remembrance of Allah Towards Jumu'ah Unfortunately nowadays This too is something that we are Very lax in Whereas on the day of Jumu'ah There is great fazilat for being early in the masjid The person who comes first Gets the reward of sacrificing one camel In the path of Allah Then one cow one goat, one chicken, etc. And when the imam starts off with the khutbah, the malaika who were standing at the doors and taking the, filling in the register of who has come, they wrap up their scrolls and they also start listening to the khutbah. The one who has come thereafter is like mark absent. So in any case, Hazratun now then, having done all this, he's in jail, he's in a prison, he's in a cell. He would then move and walk up to the door of the cell. And then he's at the door, where can he go further? Then he would say, Ya Allah, I did what was in my, in my capacity. Beyond this is beyond me. Whatever I could do, I have done. Now I leave it to you. And then he would come and perform his Zohar Salah. And Friday in, Friday out, this didn't deter him. How far am I going to go beyond the door? So what difference it makes? I can't go for Jumu'ah. But there was something inside. That walwala, that enthusiasm that what I can do, I must do. Beyond that, is in the hands of Allah. So every Friday, he would do all these things, fulfill all the sunnats of Jumu'ah, and he would then still walk up to the door of the cell. Say, Allah, I did what I was in my capacity, the rest is yours. While discussing his istiqamat, nevertheless, after he was released, nevertheless, sometime later then, he passed away, when they were giving ghusl to his body, they saw a whole lot of wounds on his back. And they were astounded. That these kind of wounds, they asked the family people, nobody knows. Everybody is unaware. How can these, so many wounds and such deep wounds. Eventually, Hazrat Madni Rahmatullah was not present right at that time. He was a distance away. Eventually he came. When he came, they inquired from him, do you know anything about this? So when they asked him, he started tearing. And he said, this was Hazrat's secret. And because it was his secret in his lifetime, I couldn't disclose it. But now that he has passed away, I can tell it. That while we were in prison with him, 
he was daily being tortured and the english would insist on him just say this much that i am not against the british government that's all you say this much make this one statement we'll release you nothing more we asking and he say i cannot make the statement and he would be tortured they would even put burning coals under him and they would whip him and lash him and then at night because of the wounds he couldn't even sleep and then the next day again this torture would continue as muddin rahmatullah ali says that one day i said to him that hazrat after all imam muhammad rahmatullah has written kitabul hiyal that sometimes there are some very very difficult situations that a person uses some expediency to come out of the situation isn't there some hila some expediency here in this situation that we can you can save yourself from this torture he said no nothing very blankly just refused again this torture continued he says one day when this torture was really severe and when again he came back into the cell he says that day we couldn't take it the whole lot of us who were there we all came and sat in front of him and we pleaded with him said, please have mercy on us we can't bear this you are being tortured we can't take it have mercy on us and do something now that we can get out of this so even he observed that everybody now has so to say grouped up against him to try and make him change his mind he became a little upset signs of some anger came on him and he said hussein ahmed would you jante nahi ho because now he wanted to impress a lesson he said you don't know who i am you don't know i am the ruhani son of hazrat bilal radhiyallahu an you don't know i'm the ruhani son the spiritual son of hazrat khubeib radhiyallahu an you don't know i'm the spiritual son of hazrat sumayya radhiyallahu ta'ala anha you don't know i'm the spiritual son of hazrat mujaddid al-fasani rahmatullahi alayhi who was imprisoned for 2 years in the gawalyar prison you don't know i'm the spiritual son of imam abu hanifa rahmatullahi alayhi whose janaza came out of the prison cell because he refused to bow down to the wrong that was being demanded from him you don't know i am the spiritual son of imam ahmad ibn hanbal rahmatullahi alayhi who was lashed and tortured because he didn't want to say what was against din and he went on in this manner eventually he said that we had to give up at this point and we couldn't say anything further but this was his steadfastness this was his istiqamat this istiqamat they showed in the line when their life was in danger when the torture was there where is our istiqamat in terms of five times salah where is our istiqamat in terms of salah with jamaa this is tasawuf this tasawuf and tazkiyah brought that istiqamat where is our istiqamat in the fundamentals of deen where is our istiqamat in our daily zikr in our tasbihat where is our istiqamat in terms of the akhlaq of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam so this was the tasawuf that our akabir lived the tasawuf that they the tasawuf and tazkiyah that they taught what they had imbibed from their akabir so this is the type of istiqamat that they have taught us then come to the aspect of taqwa what can we talk about taqwa and what do we know about taqwa but again just one or two things from the lives of the akabir and specifically again coming in terms of the line of tasawuf and tazkiya and it is linked to some of the other branches of deen at the same time there was one very prominent person 
who was the Khalifa of the Thanavi Rahmatullah. So one day he had come, he traveled a distance from where he was living and had come to the Khidmat of the Thanavi Rahmatullah and he brought his son along. So when he came, so he met Hazrat, greeted him, then he ushered his son, Hazrat, this is my son, make dua for him also. So Hazrat met him, made dua for him. Then just in passing, Hazrat asked him, how old is your son? So he said, my son is 13 years old. So when he said he's 13 years old, just in passing, Hazrat asked him that, you came by train, so did you buy a full fare ticket for your son or a half fare ticket? A half price ticket? Because the rule was that a child who is 12 years and under will pay half the fare. If it's over 12 years, he'll pay the full fare. So he asked him that you came with your son, he's 13 years old, you bought a full fare ticket or a half fare ticket? You paid half the fare. So he said, well, I paid half fare. I bought a half price ticket. So he said, why did you pay half the fare? He says, well, he's 13 years old, but he's small built. And when you look at him, anybody sees him, he looks 12 or even maybe less than 12. So I bought a half fare ticket and came. Hazrat looked at him and said, Inna lillahi wa inna He said, Malum hota hai ke aap ko tariqat aur tasawuf ki hawa bhi nahi lagi. He said, it appears that even the wind of tasawuf and tariqat has not reached you. You haven't even got its fragrance yet. That you gave this deception. This is something against the fundamentals of deen. This deception. Allah's Nabi sallallahu emphasized keeping to one's word, honesty, truthfulness, to the extent that we can't imagine. Hazrat Huzaifa bin Yaman radiallahu ta'ala an, with his father, Hazrat Huzaifa and his father Yaman, they are coming to meet Nabi sallallahu at Badr. And on the way they are intercepted by the kuffar. And they say to them that, where are you going? So now just to get out of their hands, they said, no, we are heading for Medina. They said, no, you're going to fight against us. You're going to join the Muslim army. They said, no, we're not going there. We're going to Medina. So they took a pledge from them. You're going to Medina? Yes. Okay, carry on. So they came away. But they came straight to Badr. And Badr, the incident is well known to us. What was the situation? Small little army of Muslims. No equipment. 313 Sahaba facing an army of a thousand strong. And here come these two people. Every person counts now. And they come and relate to Rasulullah that this is what happened. We said to them, no, we're going to Medina Sharif. We're not going to fight against them. What do we do? Nabi Salaam says to them, you go to Medina Sharif. We will fulfill our word to them. In the midst of war, we gave our pledge to those who are thirsty for our blood. They have come out to assassinate the Nabi of Allah. Allah's Nabi Salaam says, no, we'll fulfill our word. We gave them our word, we'll fulfill it. You go back to Medina Sharif. We'll seek Allah Ta'ala's help against them. You go back. This is the tasawwuf that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi gave us. This is the taskiyah to keep to our word, in our business, in our business dealings, in our monetary affairs, in our social life, in whatever we keep to our words. So, we were talking about this incident has a So this person said, Well, I bought this half fare ticket. As I said, This is the sign that you don't even know anything about the Sawaf still. He cancelled his Khilafat there and there. He says, From today your Khilafat is cancelled. 
you are no more Khalifa, you are no more, all your ijazat, everything is cancelled. And he removed this whole thing from the situation. This was the aspect of the reality of the sawuf. Just on this point, one incident comes to mind. One brother of ours, he had taluk Rizad Ma'yunusab Rahmatullahi. And he mentioned this incident that in the town that he is in, so one day he was, some supplier came to him, the supplier offered him some goods, and then in the process he said to him that, look, uh, you must mark up certain amount and only sell it at this price, don't sell it less. So it doesn't create a kind of competition, because there are few people only that we are supplying it to. Well and good, whatever the issue is, the masla I'm not getting into, just talking about what the incident was. So he said, fine. So in any case, things carried on. Some days later, one person came to buy the same item. So he asked him how much. So for example, he said 100 rands. So he said, why are you selling it for 100 rands? The other street, they're selling it for 90 rands. So he said, can't be. Everybody is selling this for 100 rands. So he said, no, they offered it to me for 90 rands. So in any case, that person went away. So this person, this brother, he sent his staff with some money. So he went to the other shop and he bought the item for 90 rands with the slip, came along with it. So now when the evidence was there, so this person phoned the supplier, that you told me you must sell at 100 rands and everybody's going to sell at 100 rands. I'm sticking to that now. This person is selling at 90. So as normally the saying goes, that if you want something to become very common in a very short space of time, then you must tell the person, please, please don't tell anybody. As long as you add this, then be rest assured it will be known tomorrow. So in the same process, he said to the supplier, please don't take my name. So as it happened that the supplier took his name. So the next day, that person received a call from the supplier. Why did you break this agreement? In any case, whatever the supplier told him. Now that person happened to know that this brother has got taluk rahmatullahi so he phoned as a Malna to complain. So and so is your murid. And he is now making this trouble for me. Now the supplier doesn't want to supply me anymore. So in any case, whatever he said, that evening this brother received a call. He says it was late in the evening. And normally, Hazrat would never phone him at that time. So he was a little startled that he received this call. So I asked him that, look, there's something, information has come to me, I want to know whether this is correct. Did you complain to some supplier about certain person, certain fellow businessman in the town? So he admitted, he said, yes, well, I, that was the agreement. He said, leave that agreement aside. The issue is, that what was the benefit of you associating with me for so long? Has the love of the world still not left you? Is the love of the dunya still so much that if somebody else is selling for 10 and less, your rosy is going to get affected? Where is your tawakkul in Allah Ta'ala? What are you associating with me for? Is your association just to say that you are part of a group? Now this was tasawuf being taught. This was tazkiyah being given. That this tasawuf is not just something that is in the masjid. That this tasawuf must bring tawakkul in our lives also. This tasawuf must bring this Take this hubb dunya and this love of the world out of our hearts also. Hazrat said, now you, look tomorrow, you go and ask that person for maaf. And he says that that was the bitterest pull for me. 
Because this person had an ongoing story with him. And now for me to go and ask him for maaf, it was easier for me to stop selling that item completely, rather to go ask him for maaf. But now this was the instruction. He said, tomorrow you phone me and tell me also you did it. So he says that I had to swallow my pride. Now this is the sawuf in action. Now this is the tazkiyah in motion. The tasawuf, the zikr, the askar, the tasbihat, this is all an assistance, an aid. This is the spiritual fuel to bring us to these realities. To bring the purity of the heart. Where now that love of the dunya is suppressed. Where the tawakkul and the trust in Allah wa ta'ala is there. Where the person doesn't make these trivial issues a, a situation for people. Doesn't make this a fight. So now the next day he had to go and he had to ask that person for forgiveness. And after having asked for forgiveness, he phoned again. And then he said, look, I've now settled the matter, I've sorted it out. But this is the aspect of the reality of the sawuf, that it permeates every facet of our life. It permeates our business. It brings that business also according to sunnah, according to the commands of Allah wa ta'ala. It brings that taqwa in every facet of our life. This incident that we spoke about directly links up this aspect. Then come to the aspect of muasharat, social life, social interaction, and how tragic and how sad that every other day, every other day, and what we perhaps are hearing is one small fraction. Those who are involved in the social field, etc., what not they may be hearing. Every other day there is a heart-rending cry of some wife of what kind of zulm and what kind of oppression is being meted on her. What kind of evil she is being forced to get into. That a person who comes from a good family, from a good pious background, forget other things. She says, my husband is now, what is he was doing was one thing. He is now forcing me to also watch that filth with him on the, on the net. She never looked at the internet in her life. And now the husband, that level of the haya has gone to that extent and that level of shamelessness has come that he wants to what, force his wife to watch with him. So the mu'asharat that Nabi Wasallam taught and the more hurtful thing is that when sometimes these come from those who have ta'luk with mashayikh, ta'luk with the efforts of deen, ta'luk with ilm and yet these kind of situations come up then this is very very sad. Then it means we haven't understood what's the sawuf, we haven't understood what's the skia, what is the object, what is the purpose. So Hazrat Tanvi Rahmatullah just to take one example from his life, Hazrat was in his old age already, he was very ill one day, and in that extreme illness, late at night, he needed to go to the toilet, so he went, relieved himself, and on the way, as he's returning, Due to the exertion, the exertion because of his weakness now, the exertion was too much, he fell unconscious, fainted. Now when he fainted, after a while he regained consciousness, with difficulty he woke up, and then somehow he made his way back to the bed. Now when he came and lay down on the bed, now he remembered that when I was walking back, that lota, that water, Jug because there was no water in the water had to be filled and taken. 
So that lota, that water jug was in my hand. And when I fell, that fell out of my hand. So that is perhaps lying somewhere on the way. One is if somebody else wakes up and they want to use that jug, they won't find it in its place. They'll get taklif. The second thing is somebody walking in that pathway, it's dark, they might trip over it. There'll be taklif. Now he's just fallen unconscious. In his old age, he's so ill. And his wife is sleeping in the same room. But he did not want to disturb her sleep also. And this is what Hazrat used to say that insan banna ho to yahao. That you want to become an insan and a true insan is concerned that I don't give taklif to anybody. And this is the rule of the sawuf. That rahat rasani. Giving everybody comfort. Comfort to everybody's heart as well. In that state, after having just fallen unconscious, having woken up with difficulty, having come with difficulty to his bed, Hazrat wakes up makes his way back to that spot, looks for that jug in the dark, picks it up, puts it back in its place, and then comes back to his bed. Now this is tasawuf. This is tasqiyah. This is one glimpse. What do we really know still? These are just little glimmers that we can just understand some slight bit of it. That what they thought, what kind of heart they had, and really tasawuf is this reconditioning of the heart. Many a times, our tasawuf is restricted to the external things. Alhamdulillah, the external is very important. That too is a great na'mat of Allah Ta'ala. That a person's external side also comes in accordance with sunnah of Rasulullah Sallallahu This too will bring a great benefit. As Hazrat Khadija Azizul Hassan Majjub he says that at least this much on the day of Qiyamah, a person can present to Rasulullah Sallallahu when he presents himself, he will say that Teri shabahat تیری شباہت لے کر میں آیا ہوں حقیقت اس کو تو حقیقت تجھ کو اس کو تو کر دے میں صورت لے کے آیا ہوں اللہ I brought حبیب the شباہت and the resemblance of your Nabi صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم یا اللہ you put the reality I really brought the outside in him even that too is great but that outside must now permeate the inside so in any case this aspect of Hazrat Tanvi Rahmatullah Ali's incident we're mentioning uh, Point. So in any case, this mu'asharat, this taqwa, we were talking about this reconditioning of the heart. That this tasawuf is the reconditioning of the heart. That this heart becomes the heart that is filled with the consciousness of Allah. Anything, it's like that. Hazrat Wala Barakatum gives that example. Like the scale on which gold is weighed. I've had the opportunity of seeing such a scale and testing it out as well. That if you breathe a little bit, with a little bit force, that scale already weighs that. Just the breath. So to develop that heart where the slightest bit also immediately is reflected. give him sihat and afiyat and keep his shadow over us for a long time. Once, Hazrat Firoz by Dawn Barakatuhum was one of his, the khuddam, he mentioned that somebody brought one jubba uh, for Hazrat as a gift. So Hazrat stood up to try it on. So as they put it on for him, because of his weakness, they put it on for him. In that moment, Hazrat realized immediately that it is slightly below his ankles. Now he was only trying it out still. Immediately he said, Jaldi usko nikalo. 
So somebody still hesitated, they want to still see whether it's fitting. He said, Jalli nikalo isko. So in any case, they quickly took it off. Hazrat said that, why did you waste time and why did you hesitate? Is wakme meri maut ho jati to kya hota? If I passed away in this condition that this garment was below my ankle, whereas Allah's Nabi Wasallam said that Allah Ta'ala won't look with rahmat at such a person whose garments flow beneath his ankles. Now that for that brief moment, that too was something not tolerable. That slight, little, that heart was that heart which was weighing gold. That was at scale. That the slightest bit, that too couldn't be maintained. Once, Hazrat was en route somewhere and he had to stop in Dubai. There was a lengthy wait. And Firuzbai says that somebody had arranged for Hazrat to be taking a rest. So they hired the room in the hotel in the airport. And as soon as Hazrat walked into that hotel room, so the first thing his gaze fell on was on the television that was there in the corner. It was switched off. Immediately as I said, So in any case, he accepted the instruction, I went and put it on. So then, Firuzbai says that I asked, Banta. He says, Main aisi cheez jis par itni sari maasi aur chalti hai, uska dekhna Something which reflects so much of filth, so much of evil, I don't want to even see it switched off. I don't want to see its face also. Now this is the heart speaking. This is, there's something else in the heart. This is that heart that is weighing that gold. And our heart is unfortunately sometimes like that weigh bridge. Till that super link doesn't come on it, that needle also doesn't move. One whole cow will also come on it too, that is still standing where it is. First that whole super link will come, then that needle will move somewhere. So, the whole aspect of the sawwuf and tazkiyah is to develop that heart. So the mu'asharat of our Ahlullah, if you look at what kind of heart they had, in terms of the dunya didn't mean much to them, didn't mean anything to them. And the tawazu that came with it. One incident in this regard, Hazrat Shah Rafi'uddin, Saab Rahmatullah who was one of the principals of Dalum Dioban, so he had one cow, that he had brought up, this was a very common thing, they used to then benefit from the milk of the cow, etc. So when he would come to the madrasa, he would take it along and probably leave it in the pasture somewhere. So that day while he was coming along, some urgent work came, so he brought it along and tied it to some tree just in the madrasa courtyard somewhere. And he went away to the office. Short while later, one person comes, one simple turn from the town, and as he's passing, he sees his cow tied here. So some people, it's their job to make a you and cry about everything. So he started shouting at the top of his voice, whose cow is this? And who tied his cow here? And who made the madrasa now his own private grazing land? Whereas the cow was just tied there. It wasn't, there was no nothing for it to graze also. Now he started making a big din. So many people started gathering, gathering around. So Hazrat was inside the office, he heard this commotion. He came out, he asked what's happening. So he said, no, this person is objecting that uh, who came and tied the cow here? And now they told him that it was your cow. Now this is the sawuf in motion. This is tazkiyah. What he's saying is right. And what I did is wrong. I made a mistake. And the compensation for my mistake is that now I give this cow to him. And this person too, subhanallah, he took that cow and carried on. But in that moment, in that moment to react in this way, 
in that moment not to have any other thought coming in the mind or if any thought came also to suppress it and to react in this way this is that rule of the sawuf and tazkiyah that has come in the heart that these things were made no issue about these things were all the cleanliness of the heart and this we learn from Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam what kind of cleanliness is to be in the heart we learn from the sahaba ikram the cleanliness they had in the state of war if we can have that cleanliness in the state of muhabbat then that too would be a great achievement it is jangaj sifin and this was on a principle of deen but this highlights also the ikhlas even in their war on the one side was Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala an, on the other side was Hazrat Muawiyah radiallahu ta'ala an. when the time of the battle is on then the battle is on then there would be a lull in the battle and both sides would then obviously everybody has to eat also whatever the provisions are they would eat one particular sahabi according to in the muqaddam of hidayah it is Hazrat Abu Huraira radiallahu an. he was on the side of Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala an. When it would be the time of eating, he would cross the lines and go and sit down on the dastarkhan of the Muawiyah Can we imagine? Can we imagine it is a state of war? And he is on a principle, he is on one side. When it's time to eat, he is on the other side. And this is happening several times. So eventually somebody asked him that this is strange. You fight on this side, you eat on that side. So he said, well as far as my view is concerned and I am of the view that this is the right position what Hazrat Ali Radilan is holding and nobody felt that they are the other side is gone on gone astray or anything that they are making error that they have erred each party felt that this was the correct position the other has erred so he says well therefore I am of the view that this is the correct position so I am uh, assisting on this end but the food is more tasty on that side, so I eat on that side. Now subhanallah, he is going to eat on that side, nobody there is saying to him, you fight against us and you are eating our food, what kind of namak haram is this now? Nobody said that. They are happily hosting him with their food, which shows the cleanliness of the hearts. As Ali radiallahu is being asked, that tomorrow we will be in the fight, those who pass away, who are killed from our side, where will they be? He said, they are shaheed, they will be in jannat. Those who, are martyr, those who are killed from the other side, where they'll be? They are shaheed, they'll be in jannat. Can we talk about our somebody who's just merely said something uncomfortable to us? Can we say some good word about him? Now this was the tasawuf, the tasqiyah, the cleanliness of the heart that they are sending now, they send down to us. Hazrat Salman radiallahu ta'ala he sends a proposal to some family that you take my proposal please I want to get married to a certain girl so you take my proposal so Abu Darda comes and he meets the father and he puts forward the proposal so they think about it and they say Amma Salman and he doesn't just put some dry message he gives all his fazail that he is among the foremost in Islam etc etc all his virtues what a good person he is but then they think about it, they say, Amma Salman, Falan Look, we don't get our daughter married to Salman. Their choice, there's no obligation on them. They felt maybe their daughter is not compatible, or whatever the case is. 
He said, but if you want, walakinna nuzawwijuk. If you're happy, we'll get her married to you. Now he thinks about it. They've already closed that chapter. The Salman, they finish, make themselves clear. So that chapter is closed. So in any case, now it's up to him. So he thinks about it. Then he accepts. He says, fine. So that nikah takes place there and there. The simplicity of nikah. Which is also part of deen. And again, part of this tasawwuf. Part of this tazkiyah. That the entire deen comes into our lives. How we conduct our functions. How our funerals are conducted. And how our nikahs are conducted. Or is it just a race? How we can have a better show. How we can have more deco. Which will all be torn and thrown away. So in any case now, Hazrat Abu Darda radiallahu accepted the proposal. The nikah took place there and there. And now he comes out. Hazrat Salman is still waiting. And I said, come and say something. So he comes. When he comes, he says, Oh Salman, Qad waqa'a shay'un. Something has happened. Say, something has happened. I'm embarrassed to talk about it. So he says, you're embarrassed to talk about what? What happened? Now again, this is the sawuf, this is the skiyah. This is the ruh of this whole effort. The cleanliness of the heart. That now he sent somebody to propose on his behalf. And that person now is going to give him a message. As Abu Dardar now says, this is what happened. I took your proposal and went. I came back as a married man. So Hazrat Salman Adiyallahu replies, and now this is the cleanliness of the heart replying. He says to him, no, you don't need to be embarrassed. I am more embarrassed. I am more embarrassed that who Allah Ta'ala had decreed for you, how did my mind go in that direction? Now if it was, forget this degree of that somebody took our proposal and that person got married, somebody merely just declined our proposal. That alone becomes such a problem. Because we haven't learned anything about the Tasawwuf and Tazkiyah. That is something wrong with me? What is wrong with my son? It is his choice. But this is the rule of it. That in such a situation, the person who took his proposal came back married. He says, no, I am more embarrassed. That why did I even think in that direction? Regarding that person who Allah Ta'ala decreed for you. So this is the way that our Ahlullah... This is that cleanliness of the heart that they didn't think anything about this dunya for the sake of maintaining deen. Because they understood what this entire rule of deen is. That Nabi Wasallam, what he had taught, all this akhlaq, suppressing anger, man kadama ghayran wa huwa qadirun ala infadihi mala allahu qalbahu amnan wa imana the person who suppresses his anger, where he can give vent to it, Allah Ta'ala will fill his heart with peace and iman. But we will have taluk with ilm, we will have taluk with mashayikh, we will have taluk with the work of deen. But the slightest thing must upset us. And then we say, I say it straight. I just give it as it comes. I don't take no nonsense. And somebody tamps my toes, I punch his nose. So all these kind of things. Whereas what is the rule of the sawuf? The suppressing of this anger. Hazrat Tanvi Rahmatullah comes to one... Hazrat Shah Ismail Shaheed Rahmatullah one incident of his first, he's giving a talk in a, the Jama Masjid of Delhi again. A complete, the masjid is full to capacity. Thousands of people present. And one person who was put up by some people who wanted to create mischief, stands up in the middle of the gathering. 
while this talk is taking place and he says ke maine suna hai ke nauzubillah he saying this maine suna hai ke aap nauzubillah harami hai i have heard that nauzubillah that you are an illegitimate person can we imagine can we imagine somebody saying it was privately outside somewhere that we can't tolerate and indeed is something that provokes anybody and here is in the middle of a gathering in the house of allah tbaraka wa taala in the middle of thousands of people who are all respecting him greatly and he was generally known to be a jalali person but that jalal is for allah taala only there was no nafsaniyat in it now when something was provoking nafs it didn't affect him anyway he maintained his composure he said aapne galat sab suna hai what you heard was wrong the witnesses to my parents nikah is living you can go and inquire and find out for yourself and he continued with that bayan like nothing happened now this was the rule of tasawuf this was the rule of tazkiyah hazrat tanwir rahmatullah alayhi is sitting on the mimbar he is just about to commence a talk and somebody sends a note forward and in that note the person has written three things number one he writes nauzubillah aap kafir ho number two aap jolaye ho and number three sambal karke baat karna nauzubillah first he says nauzubillah you are kafir so sami rahmatullah alayhi he looks at that note he says somebody sent this note number one he says he writes this so in any case everybody is sitting here his composure hasn't changed also everybody is sitting here i am reciting the kalima and he recites the kalima again ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashhadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluhu all of you are witness that i am a mu'min so i don't need to answer any more to this this is taken care of the second thing he says that i am a jolaha in india this was a very very menial thing it became like a swear word when you were to say something really degrade a person like a street sweeper or something but worse than that cotton weaver but it was regarded as a very like a degrading thing so he said well this person is saying i'm a jolaha so i haven't come here to propose to somebody and i got to be worried now that they'll might decline my proposal they'll say i'm a jolaha or somebody so i don't need to worry about that that too is something uh doesn't matter and the third thing he says sambal karke baat karna watch out what you speak so i didn't come with any of my own accord to speak some of my brothers called me if the gathering feels i shouldn't speak let it be i won't speak and saying that he started terminating the talk others said hazrat please this some mischief maker you don't worry about him you continue and he just ignored that whole thing and carried on now this is man kazama ghaizan wa huwa qadirun ala infazihi that the person who suppresses his anger though he can give vent to it allah taala fills his heart with that peace with iman and this is the reality that they understood that this dunya is secondary we have to protect our deen first whereas we will sell deen for the sake of dunya we will grab what we can from the dunya and give it in sadaqa but in the process make all kinds of difficulties all kinds of strife and contention whatever whereas in the hadith nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam he is teaching us the rule of this the rule of this tasqiyah and tasawuf when nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam says to the sahaba ikram ala ukhbirukum should i not tell you and the sahaba ikram when nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam says to them should i not tell you how they would have been all years ala ukhbirukum bi afdala min darajati salati was siyami was sadaqa should i not tell you what is greater what is greater in rank than all the nafil salah you can perform imagine a person 50 years 70 years of his life every day performing 
tahajjud, and that to the whole night. Not missing one ishraq, one chashd, one awabin. Subhanallah, how can we ever imagine the rank of the person? Allah's Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is saying, more than that I want to tell you something. بِأَفْضَلَ مِنْ دَرَجِتِ الصَّلَاةِ وَالصِّيَامِ More than all the nafil fast somebody can keep. The month of Ramadan, he's going to fast. And the five days within it is prohibited, obviously it's prohibited. Besides that, every day of the year he's fasting. And let's say 50 years of his life is fasting like that. Who can imagine his rank and his reward? Allah's Nabi Islam is saying more than that. Something better than that was sadaqah. All the sadaqah that a person can give. How much sadaqah can we give? Maybe all the people of Stanga get together because Stanga is a very, mashallah, generous place. So they might give a few billion maybe. But after a few billion, how much more? The whole world get together, maybe few trillion maybe. How much more? Allah's Nabi Salaam is saying more than those trillions also. And all these three things combined, all the nafil salah in one's life, all the fasting, and all the trillions in sadaqah, should I not tell you something better than that? Can we imagine, and who is being spoken to, the sahaba ikram? Nabi Salaam then says, Islahu zatil bain. To make peace between two people has a greater rank than all these three things combined. The rule of the sawuf, the rule of tazkiyah, to create peace, to create happiness, idkhalu sururi fi qalbil mu'min, to bring happiness to the heart of a mu'min. To what extent our Ahlullah would go? Just to make somebody happy. Just to make somebody's heart happy, starting off from their own homes, from the four walls of their home, and to anyone and everyone. To somebody who is a nobody, they will make him feel as somebody, just to make his heart happy. That this person feels that I am a down and out person, nobody cares for me, nobody thinks anything about me, they will call such a person and make him sit next to him also. They will feed such a person something in his mouth directly also. These incidents are in the lives of our Kabir. So in any case, the tasawuf, the tazkiyah, the islah that our Kabir have taught, this is one slight little glimpse of it. This does not come merely by hearing some talk. This does not come merely by reading some book. As I uh, Akbar ila abadi murhum, the little couplet that he said, na kitabo se, nawazo se, nazar se peda, deen hoti hai buzrugo ki nazar se peda. Neither is it merely with kitabs, or merely with waz and discourse, or by spending wealth, all these things have their place. Everything has its place, everything has its benefit, but this alone won't do it. Deen hoti hai buzrugo ki nazar se peda. This deen comes alive, this fire burns in the heart. It comes from heart to heart. It comes from the heart of the Ahlullah. It comes from being in the sohbat and in the company of those who have it in their heart. Ye aag lagti nahi lagai jati hai. This fire doesn't light on its own. It is lit. And it is lit from a heart that is a light. When a person will come in the company, the sahaba ikram, their greatest achievement is sahaba. Being sahaba. They were mufassirs of the highest category. They were muhaddis of the highest category. They were fuqaha of the highest caliber. Nobody can match them in any of these things. But their distinguishing sign, and that which takes them above everybody, where the entire ummah put together, all the fuqaha of the ummah, all the muhaddisin of the ummah, all the mufassirin of the ummah, all the awliya of the ummah, all put together cannot come to the rank of the lowest sahabi. 
because he is a sahabi because he had the good opportunity and the good fortune of being in the company of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam being in that company lit his heart to that extent that nobody thereafter combined can reach that level and the tabi'in they reach where they reached because they had the company of the sahaba and the tabi'in tabi reach where they reached because they had the company of the tabi'in until qiyamah ya ayyuhalladhina amanu attaqullah wa kunu ma'as sadiqin allah taala gave that very same prescription till qiyamah that all you who believe it is your duty to acquire this taqwa this is the passport to jannah this taqwa is the rule of the sawf ittaqil maharim takun a'bad an-nas nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam said to abu huraira radiyallahu ta'ala an that this taqwa aw hazrat allah dawn barakatuhum he says bas sab kuch karo ek kaam na karo guna na karo just give up guna you'll become the greatest wali ittaqil maharim takun a'bad an-nas give up all haram you'll become the greatest abid the greatest worshiper this taqwa will come ya ayyuhalladhina amanu taqullah wa kunu ma'as sadiqin be in the company of the sadiqin those who have acquired the taqwa in their hearts those who have acquired the love of allah tabaraka wa taala those who have made their hearts the scale that weighs the gold whose needle moves at the slightest bit otherwise our hearts we will not perceive what's coming and what's going somebody would say something some ism we'll get caught up in that we got anything and everything on the media is on and every type of literature is there and every type of any other thing we are listening to and reading and allah knows best way it's taking us whereas we need to develop this criteria yaj'alakum furqana as a result of this taqwa that furqan and that criterion that is developed in the heart that enables a person to distinguish between haq and batil but this will come in the company of the ahlullah that zawq that taste of theirs that is the true thing to acquire from their company and alhamdulillah summa alhamdulillah allah tbarak wa taala has given us these opportunities this is the nizam of allah taala when allah taala has made taqwa farz and allah taala has made the prescription of attaining taqwa to be in the company of the ahlullah this will remain till qiyamah allah taala will keep his bandas existing but it is for us to take the opportunity to come in their company to benefit from them to associate with them not just for the sake of barakat barakat will come without even trying for it when we are in their company the barakat will come automatically we come to acquire this ruh of tasawuf this ruh of tazkiyah which permeates every facet of our life it brings our salah in order it brings our zakat and fasting in order it brings our hajj in order it brings our muamalat in order our muasharat in order it brings our akhlaq in order it makes us the true a uh, vizierence of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam that we live for the deen of allah's nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam we serve the deen of nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam then we have acquired this some inkling of this tasawuf may allah tbarak wa taala give us the understanding may allah taala grant me and all of us the tawfiq of having some of getting onto the right path and imbibing all these qualities within us and appreciating the ahlullah that we have wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahirabbil alamin